What up? What up? What up? <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Stay Silent Public Radio, episode eight. I'm Sabrina. Jay, where's nasty? Uh, PKA. Yeah, PKA. Yo, I got a, I got a bunch of. You know, I'm not going front though. You know what's a what's a great feeling? Hmm. Is that like I could just have that shit in my email and nobody can tell me it can't be me. The where's nasty? Yeah, you know. You sure. know what? You be your full self. Like when I be like emailing like vendors and all that shit. Emailing people about the monies. Yeah, you know. You're like, yeah, call me where's nasty. Yeah. No. Yeah. It yeah. would be weird if like somebody called you where's nasty out of turn. Yeah. Facts. But yeah. Hey everyone. What were you about to say about? About what? Something. Oh, your favorite Ryan Leslie song. Is oh, it's Valentine. Valentine. Was my favorite Ryan Leslie song Diamond Girl? Yo, that one's slight. Yo, I be forgetting. Like whenever I hear that song, it brings me back to like a specific time. Now sing Diamond Girl. I'm I'm not gonna sing, sing it. Sing it, somebody. Oh, gang girl, you're the one with the rock on. That shit, yeah, that shit nah. is hard. Yeah, that, that was hard. it. That was it. Shout shout to shout to Ryan <laughs> Leslie for teaching me wealth. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Shout to him. I rock. I fuck with Rick Ross. <laughs> he wasn't teaching health though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was wealth. Doctor Sebi was teaching health. I know it. He, okay. He, you kind of missed what I was. Yeah, saying. yeah, yeah. We get it. Ha ha. He's going. He's doing well right now. <laughs> Yo. God bless Rick Ross. Yo. Rick Ross is a walking meme. This podcast is off to an interesting start. Nah, but Rick Ross is definitely a walking meme. I think he does it on purpose. Like, or yeah. is it because he's just from Florida? No, I, you know what's funny, right? So the f- with Rick Ross, I remember when he came out with the Mafia music video. Mm-hmm. Like he was licking his, uh, what do you call it? Wrist. Like, like, uh, not a wrist chain. What's it called? A bracelet? Yeah, bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> Not his wrist chain. <laughs> he was licking his... He was, he's in the video licking, licking his... <laughs> he was licking his... Uh, bracelet. His bracelet, right? And it was funny because it was just like mad ridiculous. Like, like, people were like, what the hell is this guy doing? Mm-hmm. And now Rick Ross doing ridiculous shit is just normal. normal. Like, my favorite Rick Ross moment or <laughs> meme is the one where he's like, ah! I don't remember that one. Like, the, it's, it's recent. All right, well, like he's like, it. I like the one of him on a camel. That one's funny. But when he's boxing, and he's like, they be making all those noises. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, I mean, I'm just going to, ah! Okay. It's funny. That's what you like? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I will say that I feel like just because he's from Florida, it all makes sense. Why? People from Florida. Mm. A little off. You know what I've always wanted to say? Yo, shout out to everybody who's listening you know, whether it's on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts yeah, or Google Play, Google Play, or if you're watching, watching on YouTube. YouTube. I feel like that's where all the conversation should be uh, going. Like, all that shit you be telling, like, let us know what you think. It should be, it should be. On that. YouTube. Well, I just wanted to say that because I know the last episode, um, a bunch of people were, thank y'all again for coming, coming, you know, ride in the wave with us as we take our breaks and do this podcast when it feels like, you know, we got things to talk about, yeah. which knowing Jay and I is all the time, but when nice. we can get it together in front of the camera. But um, I had a few people last time be like, yo, y'all should put this on YouTube. I be seeing the fits in the videos. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's on YouTube now. Episode seven is on YouTube and they will all be on YouTube. Shouts to the team. Shouts to Imani on the boards. <laughs> Imani and on the boards. Imani on the boards. Shouts to Rue behind the camera. Facts. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you anywhere you're listening to. We appreciate y'all. Yay. How you doing, Jay? Chilling. Uh, this is like the weird time uh, of year where it's like, is it allergies? Is it COVID? Is it both? Is it a cold? Is it a cold? Yeah, we're both dealing with that right now. Yeah. Uh, we're at like the tail end of it, though. Yeah, so, so this is a little stuffy. We're going to listen to this episode in like June and be like, what the heck was wrong with our voices? The grind don't stop, though, you know? The grime? The grind. Oh. The grind. <laughs> also, yo, something that y'all should listen to, like mm-hmm. a podcast that is fucking hilarious mm-hmm. right now, Big Body Bez oh, on Rory, Rory and Maul. Maul. Gold. Gold. Listen to that. Mm, listen to that. I gotta listen. Good laugh. Oh. If, you, if you need a good laugh uh, this week or going forward, just go listen to that. Fire. How long is it? Like two hours, but yeah. it's, it's, it's worth it. Fire. You know? I'm definitely gonna peep. Um, all right, Jay, so, you know, let's talk. Talk about what? What music have you been listening to? Yo. That was not a smooth transition. I'm so sorry, nah, everybody. So I listen, <laughs> uh, I think right now, so this is what my life has consisted of. Yeah. Uh, my podcast rotations. Right. Push a T is almost dry. Yep. And then talking to people about the Snowfall finale. Anything outside of that, 
I don't give a fuck about what's going on. That's it? That's it. That's you didn't it. listen to Vince Staples? Oh, Vince Staples. But uh, Vince Staples was like three weeks ago, though. We didn't do a podcast. Oh, true. Facts. Like, facts. My bad. Uh, my bad. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this like in the context of like the last week of my No, life. sir. I'm talking about in podcast time. Got you. Got you. No, yo, Vince Staples, fire. He also has some fire interviews out. Yes. Which, which I like. Really good interviews. The new Sid album. I haven't listened to that. Really good. Y'all should peep if you haven't listened. Um, yeah, but you, what else? What you listening to? Vince. Push. Uh, to me, like, Pusha T is where, I, where I'm stuck at. More more Vince. Uh, you're, you're more Vince? Yeah, I know. I keep listening to Vince. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is out? Sorry, I'm going to my music. Um, the EP for Intersections EP, the Mac, Keenan, Esta. Mm. They have a full EP. It's only I, like 19 minutes long. I've only heard one song off of that. It's that, good. That, that was really good. Uh, on My Line with Dustin Conrad. It It's giving uh, John B., Gotcha. Which we appreciate. I think Matt Keen in general is giving John B. Mm. And Esta's production is really, really good. Shouts yeah. to Esta. It should, it should be slapping. His beats be slapping. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been listening to those. But so for you, well, we know it's all Pusha T everything, but we go, we go get happen, there. Like for me, like what, what happens is like, like push it. Like I'll listen to the Pusha T album, right? I'm listening to the Pusha T album. I get to Neck and Wrist with Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. I play that shit three times, and I run the, ba- mm-hmm. the album back from the top. Then I go through that, and it finishes. And then, you know, like, on Spotify, it would just be playing, like, similar music. Yeah. So then it leads me to, like, a whole... Hell has no fury. Well, I'll go to, like, Daytona. I'll be like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. yo, this shit's crazy. Daytona was so good. So I don't know, like, I'm, I'm just kind of... In li- that. I'm not going to lie, Spotify algorithm, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. You've been chopping bricks. All month. Yeah, that's, that's basically where I'm at. Fire. And the Pusha T interviews have been really good, too. Yeah. Wait, which Vince interview is your favorite this, right now? Oh. Uh, Did you watch the one with Speedy? I, well, that's the one he wanted Did you I like watched. it? Yeah, it was good. I didn't watch it. I, liked, I watched the one that he had with uh, Peter Rosenberg a few months ago. That, that was pretty good. Yeah, Vince well, I, just always is the best interviewer. I think it's like, yo, that nigga, he's just honest. Yeah. Like, he just, you know, like, I think, like, a lot of... Like a lot of rappers, I don't feel are, have that level of self awareness, and he definitely, you know, like even when we said that, just like, you know, I'm just not letting niggas in my crib. Yeah, I, like, eh, I, I, I kind of felt that. It's me as well. I kind of felt that. Yo, you know what I was thinking about too? You a few years ago said that like West Coast artists are making better full albums, mm-hmm. like soundscape wise, when it goes be- intro to finish, they are making better projects. Spark. And I just think it has not stopped. Nah, I, like, but to Vince's be honest, project, beginning to end. I'll be honest with you, though. I feel like the West Coast has done that since, like, if you go back, like, to the fucking Chronic. Mm. Like, it's like, like, all their albums, like, you could just drive around to. Like, I always find myself, like, I don't know, like, it'll be, like, through different points of the year. Like, I'll go through those. I don't know if it's because like the G Funk sound or whatever. Like mm. I'll go back to like the Chronic and just be like, "Yo, this shit is incredible." But then it's like, but you I, go back and listen to Illmatic. No, nah, I, I do. And those were si- same timeline, so that's what I'm wondering. Like I know at one point, the full album was more important just because of the way that music was consumed mm. and sold and distributed. But obviously now that is not the movement, and I do think East Coast artists are functioning more on like singles. I don't yeah. know if it's on purpose. I don't know if it's regional. I don't know if it's just because of how our radio works on this call. I don't know. I, I but think I think that the your thing, theory has played out. Yes, yet again. Yeah, but I also think we're like with like for when you're talking about like New York artists in, in in particular, like the biggest thing that that I've noticed is sometimes they're so caught up on being like so lit in New York. That they're not thinking about any any of that other shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, yo, you look at like, I can't tell you outside of ASAP, and it, to be honest, like he doesn't like for a while didn't sound like traditional New York City hip hop yeah. as people w- would want him to sound. Right. Whatever. Like he's one of the only artists from New York that's created a world around his music. Where in a long time, I'm trying to think like who else I would say East Coast. I think Meek did it early on, like, representing Philly. But obviously, we're talking already 10, 12 years yeah. ago. So it's not something that's, like, new. <laughs> I used to be, I used to be, yo, this is, like, when you say the 10, 12 years thing, like, I remember when Meek, like, when I first, obviously, we knew Meek Mill from, like, the freestyles on YouTube yeah, yeah. and shit. Meek with the braids. But 
I remember like when he came home and the Flamers mixtapes. No, what was that song? Red Ro- Ro- Rose. Rose Red. Red. Yo, Jay I used to be Love. in my dorm room Yo. playing the fuck no, out of that. You could find Jason with a personal size Grey Goose bottle and Rose Red playing. Yo, Oof. and the ACG uh, Nike boots. And you know, but you know what was uh, what was hard about that time? And I remember I had like the Mister Philadelphia mixtape, mm-hmm. and I used to be in my, and this is when we used to live in the Kingston Inn. I used to just be playing the fuck out of this, and we would be across the hall like, "What the hell?" And, but I, re- I, re- I remember, I remember. Uh, shout to Josh Meadows. Josh Meadows knocked on my door. He said, "Yo, what is this? This shit is hard." And I was like, "Yo, this is Meek Mill." Yo, I was thinking about Meek yesterday. Really? Yeah, I'm just like. I I think it's I, I, chaos. I, I I I think the thing that's tough when you talk about like like some of these artists is that like the things that they find relevance in is what dictates the type of music they make. So like like for example like if you think about like you like even like you want to say like the down south artists like a lot of them's making hustling music and strip club music. It goes it goes hand in hand. I feel like the the East Coast artist, it's like, yo, music for like Hot 97, Power 105, and the functions. Like, where like the West Coast artists, they not really- They telling stories. Yeah, yeah. like- They're making like, music for the beach because they're happy and because to, it's warm. Into <laughs> music to drive to, like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's warm. So, but I don't even think the music be, I don't even think the music be happy. No, like, no, I, I just mean they're happy. Yeah, like- But they're not, so anyways. But also, I and another thing that sometimes I wonder is like, if, like, because the way that they, I feel like West Coast artists have this way of painting a picture of, like, just what's going on. Like, that's why I fuck with Larry June. It's like. You know what they're wearing. You know what they're eating. You know what the women smell like. It's a, like, he talking about regular shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I'm All saying? All day. So, I don't know. But then you think about, like, even, like, Easy es Like, woke up quick at about noon. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, shit. Like, it's so I've vivid. woken up around noon at the bar <laughs> as well. It's yeah, very yeah. relatable. No, nah, but I also feel like looking at Push's album, though, he's an East Coast artist. You know what's weird, though? Virginia not considered the East Coast? No, yo, he considers himself a Southern artist. Okay, that's fair. He says, like, he's like, it's no, like I'm, Southeast. I'm, I'm very much. And it's it's always interesting. So the East Coast just ends at Philly. It's the Mason-Dixon line. Yeah, which is, I mean, yeah, it's Philly. Right. I would say, th- so D.C., is not the from what I've heard from conversations. Yeah, like it's Wale it's South. So DC, yeah. from what I've heard, please these if y'all say, know something that yeah, we don't know, if you from that area, as they say, <laughs> okay, uh, tap 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 in, right? But they say people from DC, that's not the South. But once you go to Virginia, that's the South. So think about Rico, like our friend Rico. Yeah, yeah. Rico, like he's from Virginia. Is like hey, all he talk about is being from the yeah, South. Yeah, it's the Southeast, but. Yeah, I mean, my, Florida does not talk about themselves like they're the East Coast. They're oh, not not. like, oh, I'm on the East Coast. It's the South. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So we're just like the North. It's the Northeast, D.C. You got Northeast Tri-State, which is, I guess you could put Connecticut, part of Connecticut in Yeah, Northeast, Connecticut. Part of Connecticut in Tri-State. New Jersey. Then, yeah. All right, word. I, you know what I think needs to happen, though, is that we need that D.C., Philly, New York, Baltimore, energy. We need albums. Albums, but we need, it's like, like when you think about like the essence of like what the movie Paid in Full is based on, mm. it's based on that 80s drug dealer. The drug, highway movements yeah, between like, DC and New York. We need that energy. Like, yo, like, come on, man. It's like, yo, like, East Coast always been known for getting fly, getting money. Being cold. L- Let's get, you know what I mean? Let's, 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 like, to me, it's like, yo, like, when I... Weathering the storm, in essence. When I hear, like, for example, like, when I hear, like, an old Mob Deep album, Mm -hmm. it's like, and you hear the snare, it's like, yo. And that's another thing, too, I want to talk about, about this Pusha T album. Yeah, get to it. Yo, for the snares on the Neptunes, Pharrell-produced tracks, like, their snare is so crazy. I don't know, I'm fucking, it's like music nerd, nerd shit. No, no. But I was talking, I was talking with with my boy Mills, Max October, about this shit. And I was like, yo, the snares on those records are so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're perfect. Yeah. Like, and you, I, I saw somebody say, or did Push change the, like, sub name on Apple Music to say Kanye versus Pharrell? 
I don't know, maybe. I think he did because I think low, what I saw was like low key had basically like tweeted something that was like, this album is the closest y'all are gonna get to like a, a, a Neptune's or like Pharrell versus Yay thing. Mm. And I think on Apple Music, he had like changed the subtitle oh, to like, fire. but I don't know if that's true or not. But I do think that's a really good point because if anybody hasn't listened yet, y'all should definitely go listen to Pusha T's Almost Dry. It's almost, it's almost dry project. My bad. Um, somebody, I was talking with somebody and they said, is it, it's almost like a double entendre, like to like kind of like Drake, mm. like the well's almost dry, mm. it's quiet. For, like, I was like, that's, that's pretty when you were talking about algorithms. The YouTube algorithm, after I watched the Pusha T Charlemagne interview, took me to the Joe Budden push interview Oof. from 2018, 2017, right after the beef, or right before, right after the Adonis. No, it's like, yeah, like. Story of Adonis uh, interview. And woo, I was like, P- he was so spicy in that interview. Not, to me, Pusha T got, uh, what's the word, conviction. Mm. Like, so much conviction. Like, like, not even the way he rapped, in the way he speaks. It's like, yo, like, I believe this, mm. you know? I, did you watch the Charlemagne interview? I haven't yet. Yo, you have to. One of the really good questions that Charlemagne asked him, which I want to ask you now. Ask me. No, but Charlemagne asked him, he was like, because, uh, again, as a Push T fan, I think there's a lot of context to how he gets to this point. And I personally really always feel very, like, excited and charged up when we get Push T music because since he's been independent and since he's been at good, there's definitely been other roles that have taken more of his energies. And he's spoken about that. Also, politics, reasoning why his albums are not the albums that we get. And and he's always been, I think, an artist that, because of his label and his affiliation with Ye and all that, he is a very political artist when it comes to releasing music. He will put himself last. He'll take songs off because of this and as you know like a lot of the beef that happened with drake was because of his affiliations and more of like i'm not gonna let y'all come for people around me i'm gonna like show up and i represent the whole team i am good music i am so i feel like you know there aren't a lot of artists that go that route it's if they are being like put on the side or the back burner by their labels, it's not like, I'm going to go to war for y'all. And I think his role as president at one point and all of those different things ha- has been to like be the front runner. Um, so he was talking about that, but he also, uh, Charlemagne was asking personal questions because I think in more recent years, Pusha shared like his wife and his son now and that both of his parents have recently passed four months between one another. Yeah. Um, and so they were talking grief because, you know, Charlemagne's always going to talk some mental health stuff. And... Charlemagne asked him, like, do you feel like there's a difference between Pusha T and Terrence? Mm. And then he was like, do you ever feel like Pusha T is protecting Terrence? Mm. So I'm going to ask you, as a, somebody who has an artist name and persona and separation in a way that a lot, I don't have a lot of friends that I think have those two roles other than like my musician friends. Um, for you, do you feel like there's a difference between Where's Nasty and Jason Almeida. That's mad deep. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a couch. But you, you lay know, out. You know what's uh what's funny about that? Mm. I think my relationship to the idea of where's nasty has changed the older I've gotten. Mm. So like when I was younger, that was like I was like very adamant. Like even if you notice, like you know, like when I was younger, it's like that's really well at the time it wasn't even where's nasty. It was Jay Nasty. Like, that's really what I was known as at that time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, we would be having, whatever. Like, anything I was doing was based in and around around that. And then the older, like, the older I've gotten, you know, like, to me, it's like, oh, I just perform under this name. Like, it's not, like, it don't really got nothing, like, too much to... It's not a different person. It's not a, it's not a different mm-hmm. person. But it mm-hmm. took me a long time to figure that out. But I felt like that had a lot more to do with, like, how do I put this? Like, that had a lot more to do with other people than it had to do with me. Yeah. You know? No, that makes a lot of sense. I think as you... It, it's funny that you said that because I think Push also said something similar, which was, like, at one point, there was this very stark separation. And as he's gotten older, like, I think part of the goal, right, as you grow in your artistry and grow... Like, you're not going to stop DJing now that you're 
in your 30s. Like the goal is to like, or maybe not directly, you're not going to ever stop being a musician. You're never going to stop being a part of this world. And so it's like, just for push, he's 44, but he's still rapping. So it's not like you outgrow that. You want to make the world come closer together. Like, But I, I, also, I also think the thing about like, I guess having an artist identity is that shit gives you the confidence that you may not have as your own person. Mm, like you feel like that for yourself? No, nah, like for sure. Like I mean, it's like to me it's kind of funny like when I t- when I talk to people about like this type like this type of stuff and um you know like anybody who really know me like we talk about like elementary school uh middle school, high school like like I like all people say like I'm like I was like a very shy kid like yeah. I'm I was I would consider you reserved. Yeah, I'm not, I'm even s- as a grown man. I like I'm very I'm very reserved, but most people don't know that about yeah, me. Because you be on the mic, like yeah, like mm-hmm. like you know, it's like like to me, like I was saying saying this to somebody recently, like if I'm behind the turntables, like I'm talking, I'm I'm DJing, but I don't know, like coming in front of the turntables, I don't know, maybe it's it's not the it's not the same energy, you know what I'm saying? Now you the person in the club having a whole conversation. Yeah, but not nah, fat <laughs> shit. Niggas be talking my ear off though. Yeah, yeah. Respectfully. No, no. But if you can, you will. Yeah, but on on the on on the on the flip side is like, like I remember like I don't know like doing talent shows and shit like that in high school, and it was like, you know, like obviously you nervous to do that, but like the alias of J Nasty or Where's Nasty always allowed me, like you know what I'm saying? Like it was. It like, was like a separation. You could be whoever you were. Whoever you wanted to be with that guy. Exactly. So yeah, like, so that's, I, that makes a lot of sense. But I think the older you, the older, I, I can't even say, like I said, like the older I've gotten, I can't speak for like for anybody people, else. Yeah. But like the older I've gotten, the biggest thing that I've realized with this shit is like, you know, you don't want to let the idea of what that's built up to be to dictate who you are. Right. So like when I, like to me, it's like when I really figured that figured it out, that's like, when you have that balance. Mm. Like it's like, like it's like, yo, this shit don't really yeah. it don't really mean you know what I'm saying? Like right, it's right. like people could look at you in a particular way, but it really don't mean nothing. You get to decide how you move in the world. Exactly. No, it's so true because when you're out in the world, if somebody's treating you like what they perceive you to be as an artist, it's like it's up to you to be like, actually like, nah, I'm really not, you know, that's not or or just like being your actual self, which might not be as turned up as the one hour you're DJing that people are seeing it's you or whatever. A, a lot of times I, I struggle, you know, it's been t- like, shit, I mean, we have many a conversations about this shit where it's like, yo, should I like not use this name? Have I outgrown it? You know, like yeah. I, these are real conversations that right. I have. We've had a lot. Like I, in, you know, in, to a, to a, to a certain degree, I feel as though, uh, it's something I'll never really, really be able to shed because like, this is this people who have known me under this nickname since the sixth grade, which is like nasty. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. like, I don't know, fucking like the Twin Towers was still up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so like it's kind of crazy to, to to think about. Yeah, no, I think that that's really interesting because it is thinking about like a Lil Wayne, a Pusha T, like as we've seen them grow in their crafts and and Charlemagne mentioned like c- adult contemporary rap. It's like we're we're seeing people aging into different spaces. Like there you're an active DJ in your early 30s that is just getting started in a lot of ways. Your musical career, your goals, production, like how right. you're going to move. And so, you know, something that the word nasty like at different points might have been looked at a certain way. It meant, Little Lil Wayne. It meant a whole different thing in yeah. in 2001 than than it even right. does now. And know? that's the same thing with like push like you know yeah, he's obviously clearly stated he is no longer <laughs> your neighborhood pusher. But at the same time, it's like this is a part of his persona. This is a part of his storytelling identity. This is so that idea of like outgrowing or how to grow with your art is like a real thing that I think we're seeing people that we grew up with kind of going through that. I think about this shit kind of like wrestling, and I actually like Pusha T is like one of the first people that I heard like use this analogy so it's kind of interesting that he's like the reason that you brought this up yeah it's like yo when you look when you look back at like wrestling right like right now like you got all these rappers that they go by their real name right and to me like the cool thing is like yo you you have a persona created 
you have this persona that you create or this identity that you create. Right. And it's like, yo, you're a superhero. Mm. You know what I'm saying? In, so y- like, in your own mind and in the spaces you're in. So yeah. when you think about rap, like a lot of rappers back in the day, like everybody had a street name. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm going by, like, oh, my name's Donovan. And <laughs> that's what niggas is calling me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, nah, like that's not what I'm going by. Right, or right. like, so I think that shit, like that's one thing though I kind of miss in rap is like, yo, like, the br- braggadocious separatism. No, I like people. I like the characters. Like it's yeah. like, like it's like there's nothing wrong with you being a character, like mm. or being like an exaggerated version. Right. Like you know, it's like I think it's dope that you have like, for example, like say somebody like Kendrick Lamar, who it who may be more introspective right. about them as as a person, and you have all these people who rap under their name. But I also think it's dope that you have people like Guap, Guap Dad, two, uh, whatever, 2000, yeah. 2000, that's like, oh shit, like, yo, you're kind of... Yeah, you're a character. You're a character. Or you can play into this. But I do think somebody like Kendrick is an interesting person to bring up because I think he's one of the artists that he may not name his personas different things, but he definitely has different personas. Gotcha. And maybe he might even, I'm not first well enough to say that or not, but I do think certain records, you can tell you get the like storyteller, whatever, like the more introspective. But then there are the records where it's like he is playing up his like energy or his frustration or his anger and it feels very separate. And I guess that is like the Kung Fu Kenny point mm. that Rue just mouthed to me. I, um, not- but that is a good point. Like there are these, there's that need for like that playing. You know, you know what's funny is like, for example, like my mother, the first time, like I, I had to still be like, I, I probably wasn't even in high school, and they set my name on the radio for something, like my nickname on the name, on, on the radio. And she was, I was like, oh, like yo, they just set my name on the radio. And she was like, oh, they didn't say like. They're like, that's like, not your name. She, no, I she, didn't no, name you nasty. No, no, she was no, she was just like, oh, like, but they didn't say your government name. Yeah. And you know, I had to, ex- like, trying to explain like, oh, like that's not what. Like people, how everybody calls you Maria. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like that's that's not that's not what people your call your street me. name. So it, the- <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of. I don't know. To me, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. You know? Nah, it is interesting. And I want to create more personas to do more projects to do different Come things. On, dab you me. Know? You feel me? Yo, that's so real. I do think um, Push mentioned some of this too. So everyone, if you haven't, go peep that interview. But one of the really interesting points that I took away was also the idea of because um, Charlemagne asked him, you know, do you 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 are often criticized for the subject of your rap being the same. Cocaine is your, your do cocaine raps. And he kind of talked about wanting to tell the story of what he knows, but also being able to play different roles in that story and being able to like sit in different seats and like really make a movie out of it. And he's like, I want to, in my own growth, like remove the pressure of everything being like a firsthand experience that I had to live. He's like, I'm an artist. I'm a storyteller. I want to be the Martin Scorsese of street writer. Exactly. That's, that's a fact. And he mentioned that. And I think there's just different, I think there's that balance, right? Because I think one really important part of hip hop is authenticity and is speaking stories that you're privy to. But I also think there's a, it's very limiting though. Yeah. But I also think, you know, telling stories that you're privy to it's also not like we're not saying lie about something. There's a difference between being a storyteller and painting a picture from a storyteller's perspective, and then another sto- version is actually lying, and then on the other end being like, "Oh no, that's everything I do." Yeah. Like you can give context and be like, "No, I'm a storyteller. I tell the stories of the people around me, of the people I look up to." You know what I think is very interesting, and I think sometimes it's hard for people to separate. Mm. Like, so I always say this is like, I have. People call me different things based on where they know me from right, right. or at what time In what life. time frame they, they met me, right? So it's like, yo, you might go talk, whatever, like to the to the K Verdian DJs, like, oh Kasubadi, like I know you from this this time period, you know what I'm saying? Some people might, yo, international because yo, they know me from college. college. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yo, somebody might Jason because they really know me since we were kid kids, you know? So like the thing that's interesting though is like right now it's like social media or like Twitter, Instagram, like a handle that you like you have this handle. Like it's almost like your name or your identity becomes tied tied to that. It's like that's the only thing that people know like know you as, mm-hmm. right? 
So I, like that's like one thing like that I, that I always think about is like, and I think I think sometimes personally that's why I get frustrated with the shit because it's like yo like I'm not just trying to be tied to like where's that where, like where's that it's like yo I don't know like that's like the shit that be getting like like frustrated but it mm-hmm. something that's interesting that I brought up too like before we started recording yeah was like how we should start securing like our wallet names yeah 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 um like uh, through like Ethereum or whatever like our ESN name. Like those are things that people are starting to think about, and brands are are starting to start starting to think about. And you think about this, like even like in the context of like everything that's going on, on right, right now, now with, with digital spaces and the conversation about Elon Musk, Musk. buying Twitter, big like, big evil genius, boy, really big evil genius energy. Um, you have any thoughts on that, I or should we give some context? Yeah. So just a little bit of context. Yeah, get your NPR. Yeah, <laughs> just adding some context here. Uh, so basically, if for those who don't know, Twitter was a publicly traded company that was founded by Jack Dorsey. Um, a lot of people f- think that Jack Dorsey is the owner of Twitter. He is not. He owns about two percent. He owned about two percent of Twitter in the current day, um, or two percent of the stocks. He owns Title and Square, Cash App, Block. Yeah, he's a really cool um, entrepreneur. Somebody to look into if you're into those types of things. But um, but yeah. So he was not the owner. It was owned by shareholders. Yeah, like it's on the stock market. Publicly traded company. Yeah, and he wasn't currently as active in Twitter as he was at a different point. I just wanted to clear that up because I feel like sometimes in this conversation, people are like, "Oh, he bought it. Elon Musk bought it from Jack Dorsey," and it's like, nah. But with that being said, so. Twitter was a publicly traded company, which means that it answers to stockholders and it answers to the um, board. The the board which, and also which didn't even own majority of the stocks anyway. Yep, and then also answers to the FDC, the Wait, basically people. governmental oversight committee for. Journalism and digital. Oh, I, I, that I didn't yeah, know. yeah. I didn't know that. Is it FDC? I'm gonna we're gonna fact check that. Yeah. But basically, there are governmental regulation boards that that's who make sure that the radio stations and the bleeping uh, and the censorships you, you, and the they're they're the people who make all of the oversight committees. I, I so now it is no longer a publicly traded company. Elon Musk has purchased all of the current shares and is it is now a private company owned by Elon Musk. Which I'll be honest with you. I don't think that's as big as a problem. The richest man in the world. I don't think that's as big as a problem as people are making it because on on the flip side, like, yo, you look at like, I don't know, like Facebook is a public, or Meta is a publicly traded company. Fox and, News and, and all of its conglomerates. Like, that's a fucking shit show. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, and they're all owned by white billionaires. So. Men. So my thing, my thing that I think that's big that, that we have to think about is like he's using this or he's talking about this through the idea of like free speech. And it's like, this is like where, where shit gets tricky. And these are like, for me, like things that, that I'm always like trying to pay attention to. Like, like who controls what can be said, how it can be said and who can say it. Mm -hmm. And these, this is like, like at the very, you know, like when I feel like when these conversations come up, like it's very like, oh, like conspiracy theory. Like everybody kind of like thinks about it like through the through this lens, but I think it's 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 important to think about this shit because, like, yo, I always I always like a a point in history in recent history that I always point to that I think that we as black people people of color should be very aware of was. Minister Farrakhan speaks July 4th weekend, right? Yep. This is like... 2020. 2020. Yeah. This is after George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. the middle of COVID pandemic, crazy. Mm-hmm. Yo, this is somebody, whether you agree... And I, how did we tune into it? Because we watched so it. So this is what I'm about to get to. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm about to get to. This is somebody that at, at one point was a very prominent voice within the black community, got... General mil- media as well. Uh, got a million black people to go to DC. Like, you know what I mean? All this, all this crazy shit, right? Had some and cra- the current leader of the nation, nation, of Islam. Of Islam. nation of Islam. So it's like, just to give you context on, on who this person is, has been on 
popular radio, TV, whatever, all this shit, right? Um, somebody who they largely consider anti-Semitic, so that's like why he's not on on certain platforms, right? But to me, it's 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 interesting that when he's doing this address to the black community, that that shit is only on one TV station, Revolt, which is not a you know, you can't, like, Revolt, not everybody has that channel. Like, you know what I'm saying? You could stream it online, right? You could stream it online. But that's, to me, it's, when you look at those type of situations, it's like, now go look at, if you if you want to say, okay, he's an edgy black person, he got <laughs> crazy ideas, whatever, whatever, cool, he's on the fringe, I bet. But those same counterparts on the opposite side, who are white and all that, or, like, people that Joe Rogan has on his podcast that millions of people listen to, you know, they have platforms everywhere. So, like, to me, like, when I see this type of stuff going on with, like, what Elon Musk is doing is, like, okay, are you going to, are we going to have things in... in because Minister Farrakhan is banned from Twitter. I, I know he's banned from Facebook. I can't confirm, okay. I can't confirm Twitter, but... All I'm saying is, when these will this will this free speech be like applied equally? Yeah, like who like who dictates? Because like a lot of times when people like talking about protecting free speech and protecting the First Amendment and, and all this, it's like, well, who's dictating what's correct and what's incorrect? Like that's really what we're living in right now. Right. So right. like even like when you look at like what's going on in politics with like. Uh, Trump 2020 election insurrect like all like all this crazy shit Trump being banned from Twitter like all of this stuff is like yo we have to pay very close attention to like yo what's your in, what is your intention with this platform right. like me personally I'm not a huge fan like I love like Tesla like I'm like oh like I think that's a dope car like it looks cool but I'm personally I don't really understand Elon Musk and like I think like I've I observe the way that he uses the internet, and I'm like, yo, it's crazy because he understands how to use the internet, right. like at least the culture of the internet, right. memes, fucking, you know, like all that trolling. Like he understands all that, so he intrigues me in that regard. But some of his ideas, like if I don't know if you've listened to him, like on fucking Joe Rogan, he talks about like the ideas like Neuralink, which is like basically linking your your actual human brain <laughs> to like basically having a, a computer. Learn a lot of Black Mirror shit. Yeah, no, <laughs> fact. Like, and the, and these are, you know, like for me, I'm like, I don't know if that's where I'm comfortable with the world being at. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I do think there's, like, for me, one of my major issues with, I think all, with a lot of wealthy white people is that like there's a very big luxury in some of the ways that they are thinking about things. It's like you're trying to colonize Mars. And yeah. we are they, they we have not even started to scratch the surface on like how to take care of the human race on the earth, let alone like if we think about it by area. But I'm not saying I don't know. There's definitely I think the biggest thing for me is this has floated the question like how, how do I feel about about billionaire oligarchy? In our world. And it's just a thought. Like, I don't have an answer on it yet. And I also think, like, people who are like, why are you so upset Elon Musk bought this? Do you know that, like, Rupert Mur Murdoch owns this? And did you know that, like, Facebook is owned by Mike Mark Zuckerberg? And did you know that uh, Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post? Like, yeah. that these things are all this, like, this is a, on purpose? To me, any event that happens that makes us think critically about something so say this is the first time that the general public or that a lot of people are asking questions about who owns the media that we consume I don't think that's a bad moment and I don't think it's a moment to be like judging people for where like what's happening or how things are going like it's a, the question to float for me is why does this make me uncomfortable and what do I hope to see happen my, my thing is like to to go on what you're saying about like like the question like asking questions I think that's it's very important I think a, a interesting thing though to note and I guess is like yeah we kind of all in the same space is like yo this ain't nothing new like this has been going on for like you know like like this it's not like like in the last ten years it's like oh all of a sudden like 
rich white people own the media. Like, no, they have owned the media forever. Like, that to me is like why I'm a big fan of somebody like Byron Allen. For sure. A black man who owns um, the Weather Channel. Even Diddy and everything that's going on with Revolt. So the thing, and y'all should definitely watch uh, Byron Allen interviews. He has some really good ones on The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. kind of talking about like why he was suing Verizon and shit like that. But again, he said something in one of the interviews that really changed the way that I looked at this. And this is like, mm-hmm. when you think about like the idea of diversity and ownership and why... And what we call representation, but like in a full scale sense. And what he said is, uh, he was having a conversation with uh, some white people who are in the media business, and he said, like, why do you like? Why is it such a big deal for you to own whatever, like such and such TV station? Like, why? Like, why do you have to think? And he said, would you feel comfortable if all of the images? He's like, well, he has to do like you have daughters, right? Would you feel comfortable if all of the images I showed your daughters of themselves was dictated by me? And the person answered no. And he said, that's the exact reason. Mm -hmm. And it really opened up my eyes to the way that I look at media. And because you think about like all of the things that we that we know about ourselves or we perceive about ourselves or facts and things that we understand. They all come from something. Yep. TV, mm-hmm. magazines, books, right? So like this whole like idea of, of free family. speech, uh, family, mm-hmm. but where do they learn those no, things? No, exactly. Like where those things become a moral. Like imagine if like schools. Schools. Like so you you textbooks. Th- so media. Like, <laughs> yo, this is this is what media is. Yeah. And now social media. Yeah. Where there is no barrier. So even going back to the Twitter thing, there is no barrier. For who control? Like, I guess Twitter is supposed to democratize media. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to give parts er- of it for sure. It's supposed to give everybody a platform, and they've done a better job than most other in terms of like keeping it consistent from the beginning. Like the chronological. Chron- why do I want to say chronological? Chronological. Chronological order stuff. Yeah. But th- again, I think it's like when you, you got to peel back the layers again. Who and this is why I fuck with Jack Dorsey. You sh- if. I know niggas don't be fucking with Joe Rogan and all that, but he ha- Jack Dorsey has an interview on Joe Rogan where he talks about his idea of like how the internet should be governed. Like the, it, it, there should be a board. Like it shouldn't be controlled by just one person. The internet was never created for that. There should be like a board and all of these people create a best practices. Like imagine like yeah, I like, understand what you're saying. Yeah, like a NATO, yeah. but like for the internet. Yeah, right? where it's like, yo, we're gonna create a best practices, and so like Facebook doesn't have its own, Twitter doesn't have its own. This new social media, it's like, yo, let's all fund fall under this umbrella, and this way, it's like, you know, like I can't just ban this one person, and then they go to the next to the next platform. And I don't know. For me, these are all these are all things that I think about, and I think as Independent business owners, event producers, content creators, people of color, if you're a community organizer, whatever you're involved in, you know, like people, like all people say, oh, this shit's not that important. Why y'all so caught up? And it's like, no, this is very important because these are the ways that we communicate with people. You know what I'm saying? These are the ways that we gather and get information out. And we need to be very aware of what's like, what's allowed and what's not allowed because. When we start having these, when we start having these conversations about like, um, like for example, like what's acceptable on Twitter, like, like you think about like twenty, like twenty twenty, uh, like how Black Lives Matter movement activated like online and everything that was going on around like George Floyd, yep. Bre- Breonna Taylor, yep. like yo, these people can say. That that's not acceptable on platform. So we need to be aware of who's in control. Is like, do I think that Elon Musk is gonna we don't do know. that? I don't. You know, we we, don't we, know. we we really we really don't know. And I, if he decides, hey, I'm shutting it down. We also like those things affect us. That's very that's very dangerous. Yeah. You know. But I also think like there is an, a level of privilege in saying like these things don't matter when we literally think about countries where there is there is not a free press. And we look at like the Twitter revolution with Iran in 2009 yeah. and 2010. If there wasn't Twitter, like there wouldn't be information 
yeah. in the world about what was happening around this. I there mean, wouldn't be accurate things happening even currently out of Russia, I mean, out of they, they, Ukraine. They like, are racing people off the map yeah. for saying shit on Twitter. And, like, you know what I'm saying? And like, that's why I just think, like, it's a, it, you know, will you not be able to get your jokes off is a very small-minded way to facts. look at what Twitter is used for. And obviously, I don't think everyone's doing that. I'm not even trying to say that. I just, I think that free speech in a country where we really don't know a world without it, quote unquote, obviously that is very, I use that with so much, there's so much nuance that we're not talking about because obviously as people of color, as a non-black person myself, but then seeing black people constantly blackballed, like this is not something I'm saying as like free speech is available to everybody in America. But I, I do completely, I think that there's a general sense right now amongst my peers that this is either not a big deal or this is like a very, there's not really like a middle ground. And I don't know if we really have conversation about it in this middle ground sense. So I also want to just note that it is not the FDC, it is the FCC. FCC. And it's the Federal uh, Communications Commission. And they are an independent agency of the United States federal government that regulates communications by radio, television, wire, satellite, and cable. And we've heard them fuck the FCC a lot in a a lot of whole records. Cause, Cause, the thing is, yo, and this is why, like, multiple. And I think in any instance, like, if you're building a company, um, if you're starting a school organization, what all these things is like. This is why it's important to have several different types of people in the room talking about, like, you know, motherfuckers be talking. I'll see it at the table. Like, all there's all these phrases that we use to 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 describe these things, but. That shit is real because, yo, who dictates what's acceptable? Like I talk about this all the time right. in, in relation to like, like the idea of like what culture is. Right. Like who creates culture? Like us all together in this room, like we could have a culture in this office space, right? right. And that's determined by who's who's in this room. Right. But if somebody that's that's not a part of this space comes in, they might be like, oh, like I don't interact in the way y'all interact like they either have to adapt to our culture or make us change something in our change something in our culture so when you think about and that's a very minuscule thing like when you think about this shit like on a on a world level on a on a media level it's like yo i'm very like this you know like this is shit i really think about like every often like every day like it's like yo who is gonna say like who is gonna advocate for black people and say and tell us that you can't have these ideas. Why is it, I noticed this shit and this is again going back to the Twitter thing is who's gonna who who is gonna protect us in these instances? Who's gonna be the gonna be the people that says no actually this is a, a thing that's important for us to talk about and we need the platform to have this because every time we have people who have like these like far far out ideas is like Oh, you can't say that. You can't say that. You can't do that. You can't do that. So I don't know. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm like scared, but I'm also interested too and excited for other platforms that are coming kind of out of this. Like, that's why personally I'm really interested in a place like Discord where it's like, it's giving people another medium to to communicate and you can kind of start your own community on there mm-hmm. rather than it just being like in the in the open. Yeah. And I think one thing that's important for like as I move in some of these conversations or I'm trying to learn or understand even what my own feelings are about it again because these power constructs have been here since the dawn of time. Okay. Obviously the ways in which we are privy to the movements of them has changed and our awareness just about like wealth, our awareness about the inequalities of things have always existed, but I don't, the level to which we can understand and get data on this stuff is the yes. highest it's ever been. Um, and so when I think about that, I try to stay hopeful in like the power of individuals and the power of, of community, the power of people, because it's very easy to feel powerless when these are the types of things that are happening. $44 billion is 
being scraped to, scraped lol at scraped together this is the gdp of multiple nations put together this would solve world hunger this would change climate change stuff this would do so many things right but this is being used to buy a company like twitter which has been profitable two out of the years that it's been of company it's not found a way to be profitable this has been a consistent conversation about twitter on the financial side so when you're looking at these like notes it's just crazy to it's easy for me to feel powerless but then i remember that like amazon starbucks right now they're going through their first versions of unions like human beings that are working in these environments are like yo if you're going to be the largest company in the world, have the most employees in the world, and we aren't going to be able to get bathroom breaks, like that's not going to work. Yeah. How do we start to unionize? They're starting these conversations. They're starting to unionize. And these movements, the union and labor movements, happened at different points in history in times like this where something is becoming major really industrialized. Things are growing exponentially. In our lifetime, Amazon went from zero to what it is right now. So it's just like I, I try to remain hopeful and also still remember the power that I have, decision-making power, buying power. You know, what, you know what I always always think about with this stuff? Because I think now, it, I think it's easy to place responsibility. How do I say this? Uh, I don't know. Like, or I think about like the word responsi like responsibility and like yeah. who bears the responsibility. Is it like... I don't know. I think it is like a balance. Is there a balance in responsibility? Right. So like, like it's we have to make noise on both sides to at least try to find a balance in somebody in some of these things. Like it is important for people to shake the tree because that's when when things happen. Like so, these people were saying like, no, like actually you're doing this, but we want this and this. Like it's like it's not about just being like, oh, like fuck it, we're defeated and we we can't do anything. Right. It's like. This is how we, like you're saying, like we've always seen progress. Things change. In, in these things. And like, like for me, it's like, like, I'll be real with you. Like, yo, the other day, I was, I was driving uh, by like a homeless person, right? And I was like, yo, it's, it's crazy to me that like there's people, that, like politicians, that they make six figures, right? They make six figures and they drive by these people every day. Every day they drive by these people and they don't think about, like, like what do they think about? Like, they bear the response. Like, obviously, we ha as a community, we bear the responsibility of, of treating people well and being around people and, and things. And, but, it, like, to me, it's, like, it's just interesting. It's like, yo, like, your literal elected job is to think about these things. And you make a lot of money doing this shit. And you drive by this every day for years. Yeah. Like, so, it's, I don't know. Like, it, it, like it makes, it, all this shit just be making me think, like. But it's like we bear the responsibility to elect officials that we do don't that will like make changes. So it is yeah. just like it is such an interesting responsibility is a shared thing. Like all of it is like nobody nobody's really off the it, yeah off the exactly. Hook. It's like when we ask those questions, we ask like what are our responsibility? Like how can we continue to like support? And and that's that's like something that I don't know you you've made me think like even like in that comment like you've I'm gonna do we need to pause real quick. Nah, like Let me to tell him. You can't hear it in the thing. Okay. Now, if you sorry for that, everybody. We have a construction going on right outside the door. Yeah, you really you're really not gonna be able okay. to hear it. Can you hear it at all, Imani? Okay, cool. Thanks. Okay, we're gonna continue. Like I don't even think we're cutting that out, right? No. All right, go ahead. Sorry. I made you think. No, nah, <laughs> like you re you really made me think um during like with the like you know, like just like this exchange that that we're having, because it's like, yo, like you know, we think about voting and we think about all of these things in, in this type in this type of way. And it's like, you know, you know, all of these things is all of these Everything. things is, is connected. It's very easy to say that they don't matter though. It's very easy also to say that we have no say in it. Yeah. And it's like, well, a lot of like the if if yes, we a lot of what we do does affect a lot of the other things that are happening. Yeah. And I, I think that's the biggest thing about connectedness and globalization and all the stuff that's happening like if we don't look at ourselves as a piece of this puzzle like we're we're living a very low vibrational life yeah. like this world is very connected naturally energetically spiritually spiritually yeah. but then when you take it a step further we're actually very intertwined with one another because of because of commerce and because of information exchange and so 
it, and culture and too. culture. Yeah, we make it, but we make decisions every day that affect the livelihoods of other people. That and it is our responsibility as people who have access or privilege in whichever form we do to think about it in that way. Like we are, there's we can be fighting for more. We can be aware that there is inequality. We can and we can still be aware of our blessings. Like yeah. it's like it's a challenging push and pull. I, I think it, the thing that for me personally, I think the thing that's that's interesting about like a lot of this stuff is um like and it's like I actually a conversation I've been wanting to have with like a, a close friend of mine, like family member, is like these feelings, like you think about like the idea of like ego, greed, like these. These things that exist, like they exist, like even Within like all humans, yeah, all humans. Yeah. Like it's not, and the environment and the circumstances kind of alter these things. And I guess like that's like why people try to find like enlightenment and and you know find like a quote unquote like a higher self or a uh, connect to a higher self is so like you know I can balance all of these things that are going on because it's like yeah like yo we all feel jealousy we all let our ego get the best of us. We all, you know, we all feel these different things. And it's like, yo, like, yo, how do you find balance or quote unquote peace in the middle of this stuff? So like one of the things that I think about is like the idea of like being guilty. Like I think like a lot of us, like, you know, you can be, feel guilty of like, oh damn, like, like it's very easy to be like, yo, like, I don't know, like, damn, I had the, I could bought McDonald's today, but there's somebody who didn't eat. Like, you know, like this is, it's a very, like if you sit and really think about this shit, it's like, you'd be like, damn. <laughs> like every every action that you do, like it's like, oh, like I just bought fucking uh, bottled polos, Poland spring water. This motherfuckers don't even got yeah, clean water. Yeah, polo spring. Yeah, polo spring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you, you know, like. Yeah, or we're spending certain money on shoes or, but I think the, that is, it is a practice of separating yourself from your feelings and from your ego to realize that the ego wants you to sit still in those feelings. The ego, your lower self, does want you to say, there's nothing you could ever do about the bad things in the world. There's nothing you could ever do about Elon Musk buying Twitter. There's nothing in the, but that's freezing in that. Can we, can we end on, on this? Uh, what's that? You're Jay ending already? No, what's that Jay-Z line where he said... Uh, I, I wasn't done my thought. My bad, but there's a Jay-Z line that yeah. connects to what you're saying. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's so much bigger issues in the world, I know. But, but first, first, I, I got to take, take care of the world, world I know. Mm -hmm. So it's a good one. I always say that one. So yeah. we'll end with that when I'm done with my statement, yeah. which is uh, that I do think like separating yourself from your feelings and saying like, yo, it's a real thought to have that feeling. We're not wrong for being born into the life that we're born into. But do we have a level of responsibility or could we use compassion? Could we respond to our feelings of like, oh, am I spending too much money on this? Or have I thought about how I can spend my money more wisely? Have I thought about in which ways am I supporting people who need it or my friends and family members who need it or my school that I came from or the streets I drive up and down every day? Those are questions that we, if we ask those questions, we might have answers to. But if we sit in guilt, we will never move. I had this conversation with somebody yesterday where like, we're like talking about this shit where it was like, yo, you know, it's like, yeah, you get money and then you kind of leave where you where you from. Like, you know, you get money, it's like, I don't want to live here no more. Or, you know, like, I went to these type of schools, but I'm going to put my kid in this type of school or, or, or like whatever. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was, I was kind of challenging them and I was saying, it's like, well, how do we expect any of this shit to get better if we don't do nothing about it? Yeah. Like, it's like, if we just going to move to automatically what's better, then what's, what's really the point? Like, it's never going to change, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, and it made me think about, like, I want to give a big shout to Priscilla, who owns uh, Glow, Glow Cafe, because Cafe, yeah, every time I go over there, like, you know, like, like you see you see where it's at and what in and what what it's around. Off of Admiral. Off of Admiral. In and Providence. I, and I, I look at that shit, and I'm like, yo, like, I mean, you... It was I, purposefully I, put there. Yeah, like, I'm not, exactly, I'm not knocking anybody that smoke or buy backwards, but it's like, they could have been selling backwards out this motherfucker. Like, it could have just been a... Like a fucking corner store that sells coffee, cigarettes, like you know, like all this shit. That's like, not. Do we the, need another one. Yeah, and it's not the best for you too. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So like, 
I was like, yo, it's, it's dope that you you were like, yo, there's there's a need for this in this community. So you know, she could have put that shit anywhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so it was dope. I don't know. I always think about that. It was dope to see that shit. Yeah. No, and I shouts to her, shouts to, and again, we, I don't necessarily think it's like one or the other. Like there are going to be people who, who move, there are going to be people who stay. But I think the biggest point is to ask the question, like, how am I, how am I using my resources? How am I spending my energy? Because yeah, I think it can be very paralyzing when these big issues come to the table. It's like every day you can make a, you can make a shift, you can make a change. You're not, you're, it's not going to be in the Okay. Room. All right. Well, I think on that note, <laughs> Jay, you want to take it out with the Jay-Z quote? Uh, I don't even remember. What is it? What is it? <laughs> There's much bigger issues in the world, I know. But first, I got to take care of the world I know. Mm-hmm. Bet. Bet. Thank y'all. Shout out to y'all. Keep us on everything. At Stay Silent PVD. And we out. We out. We out. We out.